100.199 state administration. A. Rulemaking. Each state that receives funds under Part B of the Act must 1. Ensure that any state rules, regulations, and policies relating to this part conform to the purposes of this part. 2. Identify in writing to lease located in the state and the secretary any such rule, regulation, or policy as a state-imposed requirement that is not required by Part B of the Act and federal regulations. And 3. Minimize the number of rules, regulations, and policies to which the lease and schools located in the state are subject under Part B of the Act. B. Support and facilitation. State rules, regulations, and policies under Part B of the Act must support and facilitate LEA and school-level system improvement designed to enable children with disabilities to meet the challenging state student academic achievement standards. Subpart 100. Local Educational Agency Eligibility Last Modified on May 3, 2017. So, you know, when you're talking about America. Okay, so, you know, what we need to all understand is that America is really America. And, you know, and the real deal is that services are happening all around you but how do they happen for you so let's just understand what the process is shall we no where is the little thingy there 48,070 the governing board of each school district and each county superintendent of schools shall adopt policies regarding pupil promotion and retention. A pupil shall be promoted or retained only as provided in the policies adopted pursuant to this article. Added by Stats, 1983, Chapter 498, Sec. 81, effective July 28, 1983. 48,070.5 A. In addition to the policy adopted pursuant to section 48,070, the governing board of each school district and each county board of education shall, in those applicable grade levels, approve a policy regarding the promotion and retention of pupils between the following grades. 1. Between second grade and third grade. 2. Between third grade and fourth grade. 3. Between 4th and 5th grade. 4. Between the end of the intermediate grades and the beginning of middle school grades, which typically occurs between 6th grade and 7th grade, but may vary depending upon the grade configuration of the school or school district. 5. Between the end of the middle school grades and the beginning of high school, which typically occurs between 8th grade and 9th grade, but may vary depending upon the grade configuration of the school or school district. B. The policy shall provide for the identification of pupils who should be retained and who are at risk of being retained in their current grade level on the basis of either of the following. 1. The results of the assessments administered pursuant to Article 4, commencing with Section 60,640 of Chapter 5 of Part 33 and the minimum levels of proficiency recommended by the State Board of Education pursuant to Section 60,648. 2. The pupils' grades and other indicators of academic achievement designated by the district. 
C. The policy shall base the identification of pupils pursuant to subdivision B. At the grade levels identified pursuant to paragraph 1 and 2 of subdivision A. Primarily on the basis of the pupil's level of proficiency in reading. The policy shall base the identification of pupils pursuant to subdivision B. At the grade levels identified pursuant to paragraphs 3 through 5 of sub division A on the basis of the pupil's level of proficiency in reading, English language arts, and mathematics. D. 1. If either measure identified in paragraph 1 or 2 of subdivision B identifies that a pupil is performing below the minimum standard for promotion, the pupil shall be retained in his or her current grade level unless the pupil's regular classroom teacher determines in writing that retention is not the appropriate intervention for the pupil's academic deficiencies. This written determination shall specify the reasons that retention is not appropriate for the pupil and shall include recommendations for interventions other than retention that in the opinion of the teacher are necessary to assist the pupil to attain acceptable levels of academic achievement. If the teacher's recommendation to promote is contingent upon the pupil's participation in a summer school or interim session remediation program, the pupil's academic performance shall be reassessed at the end of the remediation program, and the decision to retain or promote the pupil shall be re-evaluated at that time. The teacher's evaluation shall be provided when discussed with the pupil's parent or guardian and the school principal before any final determination of pupil retention or promotion. 2. If the pupil does not have a single regular classroom teacher, the policy adopted by the school district shall specify the teacher or teachers responsible for the promotion or retention decision. D. The policy shall provide for parental notification when a pupil is identified as being at risk of retention. This notice shall be provided as early in the school year as practicable. The policy shall provide a pupil's parent or guardian the opportunity to consult with the teacher or teachers responsible for the decision to promote or retain the pupil. F. The policy shall provide a process whereby the decision of the teacher to retain or promote a pupil may be appealed. If an appeal is made, the burden shall be on the appealing party to show why the decision of the teacher should be overruled. G. The policy shall provide that pupils who are at risk of being retained in their current grade be identified as early in the school year and as early in their school careers as practicable. H. The policy shall indicate the manner in which opportunities for remedial instruction will be provided to pupils who are recommended for retention or who are identified as being at risk for retention. I. The policy adopted pursuant to this section shall be adopted at a public meeting of the governing board of the school district. J. Nothing in this section shall be construed to prohibit the retention of a pupil not included in grade levels identified pursuant to subdivision A or for reasons other than those specified in subdivision B if such retention is determined to be appropriate for that pupil. Nothing in this section shall be construed to prohibit a governing board from adopting promotion and retention policies that exceed the criteria established in this section. Added by Stats, 1998, Chapter 742, Sec. 2, Effective January 1, 1999.
48,070.6 A on or before August 1st, 2011, and annually thereafter, utilizing data produced by the California Longitudinal Pupil Achievement Data System pursuant to Section 60,900 and other available data, the superintendent shall submit to the governor, the legislature, and the state board a report that shall be called the annual report on dropouts in California. The report shall include, but not be limited to, all of the following. 1. One-year dropout rates for each of grades 7 to 12, inclusive. 2. Four-year cohort dropout rates for grades 9 to 12, inclusive. 3. Two- or three-year cohort dropout rates, as appropriate, for middle schools. 4. Grade 9 to grade 10 promotion rates. 5. Percentage of high school pupils for each of grades 9 to 12, inclusive who are on track to earn sufficient credits to graduate. 6. The average number of non-promotional school moves that pupils make between grades 6 to 12, inclusive. 7. Full-year dropout rates for alternative schools, including dropout recovery high schools, calculated using the methodology developed by the superintendent to appropriately reflect dropout rates in each type of alternative school. 8. An explanation of the methodology or methodologies used to calculate full-year dropout rates for alternative schools pursuant to paragraph 7. 9. Other available data relating to dropout or graduation rates or pupil progress toward high school graduation. b. When cohort dropout rates can be calculated accurately using longitudinal data. The rates described in paragraph 3 of subdivision A shall be replaced by dropout rates for cohorts of pupils entering middle school. C. When data is available, the report shall also include all of the following. 1. Rates at which pupils graduate in 4, 5, and 6 years, pursuant to subparagraph A of paragraph 4 of subdivision A of section 52052. 2. Percentage of high school graduates and dropouts who completed courses that are certified by the University of California as meeting admission requirement criteria for the University of California and California State University systems. 3. Percentage of high school graduates and dropouts who completed two or more classes in career technical education. 4. Percentage of high school graduates and dropouts who completed both course sequences described in paragraphs 2 and 3. 5. Behavioral data by school and school district, including suspensions and expulsions. 6. Truancy rates. 7. GED earning rates. 8. Chronic absentee rates, as defined in section 60901. D. If possible, the data listed in subdivisions A and B shall be presented in the report, organized as follows. 1. By state. 2. By county. 3. By school district, both including and excluding charter schools. 4. By school. E. The report shall include data from alternative middle and high schools, including continuation high schools, community day schools, juvenile court schools, special schools, opportunity schools, 
and schools attended by wards of the Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, Division of Juvenile Justice. F. The report may include relevant data on school climate and pupil engagement from the California Healthy Kids Survey. G. If possible, the data listed in subdivisions A and B shall be presented for the following subgroups if the subgroup consists of at least 50 pupils and the subgroup constitutes at least 15% of the total population of pupils at a school. 1. Grade level. 2. Ethnicity. 3. Gender. 4. Low socioeconomic status. 5. English learners. 6. Special education status. H. The first annual report on dropouts in California shall include data from the most recent year. Subsequent annual reports shall include data from the most recent year and, at a minimum, the two prior years, so that comparisons can be made easily. I, the superintendent or his or her designee shall make an oral presentation of the contents of the report to the state board at a regularly scheduled meeting of the state board. J, the superintendent shall make the contents of the report available on the department's internet website in a format that is easy for the public to access and understand. K, if inclusion of school level data would render the written report unwieldy, the data may be omitted from the written report and posted on the department's internet website. L, it is the intent of the legislature that the report prepared by the superintendent be usable by schools, school districts, policymakers, researchers, parents, and the public for purposes of identifying and understanding trends, causal relations, early warning indicators, and potential points of intervention to address the high rate of dropouts in California. M. For purposes of this section, dropouts shall be defined using the exit withdrawal codes developed by the department. N. For purposes of this section, Dropout Recovery High School has the same meaning as defined in subparagraph D of paragraph 4 of subdivision A of section 52052. Amended by Stats, 2017, Chapter 641, Sec. 7, AB 830, effective January 1st, 2018. 48,071, A, for purposes of this section, the following definitions apply. 1, A, except as provided in subparagraph B, eligible pupil means either of the following. 1, A, except as provided in subparagraph B, eligible pupil means a pupil who has received deficient grades for at least one half of the pupil's coursework in the 2020-21 academic year. For purposes of this paragraph, a deficient grade is a D, F, a no-pass, or an equivalent as determined by the local educational agency. B. A pupil enrolled in grade 12 during the 2020-21 school year shall not be eligible for retention under this section. 2. Local educational agency means a school district, county office of education, or charter school. 3. Parent means the natural or adoptive parent or guardian, the person having legal custody or other educational rights holder. 
B. 1. Notwithstanding any other law, a local educational agency shall implement this section and shall permit an eligible pupil for whom a decision to retain is made by the local educational agency to be retained in the pupil's 2020-21 grade level for the 2021-22 academic year. 2. The requirements of this section are supplemental to and do not replace any existing retention policy which shall continue to remain operative for all school years. C. A local educational agency, upon receiving a written request from the parent of an eligible pupil to retain a pupil for the 2021-22 school year, shall offer the parent a consultation with the parent, the pupil, the administrator, and the teacher. A consultation shall occur within 30 calendar days of receiving the written request for a consultation and shall include all of the following. 1. Discussion of all available learning recovery options, including both of the following. A. Specific interventions and supports pursuant to Part 24.6, commencing with Section 43,520 of Division 3. B. Access to prior semester courses in which the pupil received a D or F letter grade in the 2020-21 academic year, some other form of credit recovery, or other support pursuant to Section 51225. 2. Consideration of the pupil's academic data and any other information relevant to whether retention is in the pupil's best interests, academically and socially. 3. Discussion about research on the effects of pupil retention and the types of interventions and supports that have been shown to be beneficial to the pupils. D. A local educational agency shall ensure that a retention decision is consistent with an eligible pupil's individualized education program. E. A local educational agency shall notify a parent with the final determination of the local educational agency's decision regarding the pupil's retention within 10 calendar days of the consultation described in subdivision C. F. A pupil retained pursuant to this section shall also be offered supplemental interventions and supports pursuant to Part 24.6, commencing with Section 43,520 of Division 3. G. A pupil who is not retained pursuant to this section shall be offered both of the following. 1. Specific interventions in support pursuant to Part 24.6, commencing with Section 43,520 of Division 3. 2. Access to prior semester courses in which the pupil received a D or F letter grade in the 2020-21 academic year, some other form of credit recovery, or other supports pursuant to Section 51,225. Added by Stats, 2021, Chapter 41, Sec. 1, AB 104, effective July 1, 2021. So you just have to understand what we're really talking about here is the policies that are implemented by the state. Now, this is California's policy. I'm going to stop this year and share with you what Nevada's policy is because it's just kind of ludicrous. I mean, I'm just trying to understand what's going on because I can't. It's going to be critical that you do. What is that one? No, that's not it. 
stop that. Let me send my email in just a minute. You always have to stay focused. That's just real. I need to be in there. Here we go. Let's open this in. The uh, open. Download it first. I think I got it. No, this is it. Let's show it. Okay, this is it. This is a policy for Nevada on suspension expulsion in early childhood settings. Let's just understand what we're talking about. Before your child even gets to have any kind of other support, this is the restrictive policies that Nevada has implemented. And I, they, they just look restrictive to me because they don't talk about the data and what's going to change, which is absolutely nothing. Let's select it all and let's begin to read. Okay, speech right there. State of Nevada Policy Statement on Expulsion and Suspension in Early Childhood Settings Purpose Nevada aims to prevent children from being expelled, suspended, or excluded in all early childhood settings. The goal of this policy statement is to provide guidance to early childhood programs and families. This document is Nevada's stance on supporting children's social and emotional development and behavioral health. The purpose of this policy statement is to provide guidelines for programs to create policies that prevent suspension and expulsion, set the expectation that policies are carried out free of bias, and raise awareness of the importance of social-emotional learning and behavioral health for all children regardless of ability or disability. This statement follows recommendations from the U.S. Department of Education ED, and U.S. Department of Health and Human Services DHHS. Programs receiving federal financial assistance must practice equitable student discipline and support healthy social, emotional, and behavioral outcomes for young children of all backgrounds. One, public and charter programs are also required by the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act idea to follow regulations governing child discipline when child misconduct is related to a disability. Two. Nevada policy echoes IDEA's emphasis on preschool inclusion and equitable access education and services. Key terms that are used throughout this policy statement, social emotional skills, set of skills underlying the ability to understand emotions in self and others, express emotions in culturally appropriate ways, form and sustain healthy relationships, and successfully engage in social environments, behavioral health, emotional and mental well-being that involves how we cope with short and long-term stress. This term also refers to mental illnesses such as depression, personality disorders, and addictive patterns. 3. Early Childhood Program Any educational or group setting where care is provided before kindergarten entry, exclusionary discipline, 
involves any removal of a child from social interaction or classroom activities for a mandated amount of time in response to challenging behavior. For example, time out, reduction of program hours without the family understanding why and agreeing that a reduction is in the best interest of the child or general removal from the classroom. Suspension includes any disciplinary action that results in the temporary removal of a child from a program. Expulsion is the permanent removal of a child from a program without wow. the benefit of alternate services. One, inclusive programs are those that include children with special needs into the regular education classroom setting. Overview expelling a child is the most severe punishment a school can enforce. Pre-kindergartners are three times more likely to be expelled from school than children in K-12 schools. One, there are large gender and racial adopted by the Nevada Early Childhood Advisory Council on October 13, 2016. Differences in expulsion rates nationwide. One, expulsions occur at the lowest rates in state-funded preschools and in Head Start for preschool expulsions occur at the highest rate in private and non-profit preschool for no state is required to keep track of disciplinary action taken in private and non-profit programs one four of nevada's preschool age children about eight percent attend state funded and head start programs for another seven percent are served through special education services for thus most young children who are in preschool are in private and non-profit care Expelling or suspending children from school can influence their social and academic development through adulthood. When young children are excluded from school, it can take longer to identify developmental delays or mental health concerns. This lack can cause delays in access to needed support services. 5. Preschool expulsion also impacts the family system. Families feel rejected when asked to leave a school. This rejection affects parents' ability to form relationships with schools in the future. Lack of care for young children places stress on parental employment, finance, and esteem for children who are asked to leave a preschool may keep using challenging behavior through high school 5, 6. Young children who are identified as hard to manage are more likely to 5, 6 experience discipline at school, have negative interactions with family and peers, have lower academic achievement or drop out of school, experiment earlier with drug and alcohol, and engage in delinquency. Children with challenging behavior also receive fewer positive interactions from teachers and are less engaged in school than their peers. Early behavior concerns can create a domino effect that becomes difficult to reverse. 5. 7. There are strategies that can prevent challenging behavior and build social-emotional skills. High-quality early learning occurs when teachers learn and use these strategies. Teachers lay the foundation for long-term social and academic success by building social-emotional competence in young children. Programs are most successful in promoting social-emotional skills when families are included. A positive relationship between the school, teachers, and family members leads to the greatest outcomes for children. Interventions and policies that support these practices are needed. Children who have strong social-emotional skills have higher academic achievement and positive outlooks on learning 5. They are also less likely to repeat a grade and need special education services 5, 6. As adults, these children are healthier and have less substance abuse 
higher earnings, and fewer criminal behavior. 6. When programs focus on prevention they see fewer challenging behaviors and have less need for suspension and expulsion. These programs also report higher teacher satisfaction and less teacher turnover. Brain development in early childhood occurs at a very fast pace stressing the need for high quality early experiences. Both positive and negative early childhood experiences have long lasting effects. Caregivers who are nurturing and responsive stimulate children's healthy brain development reducing the likelihood of long-term behavior concerns 5, 8. Programs and caregivers who miss the opportunity to build social-emotional skills in children put them at risk for challenging behaviors. Preschool expulsion and suspension practices do not support children's social-emotional health. Guidelines for early childhood programs building a positive school climate and using practices that promote social-emotional learning should replace exclusionary discipline practices. All polices are to be evenly administered without bias. Adopted by the Nevada Early Childhood Advisory Council on October 13, 2016. All regular and inclusive early childhood programs are encouraged to 1. Develop and clearly communicate classroom and program-wide strategies that support the development of social-emotional skills and prevent challenging behavior. Program-wide policies apply evenly to all classrooms within a program. Program-wide behavior expectations should be consistent across classrooms and teachers. Expectations should be intentionally taught to all children. Children come to programs with large differences in experience and ability. As such, programs must make sure that behavior expectations and discipline practices are developmentally appropriate to the age and abilities of all children. Policies and procedures should be clearly communicated to all families, staff, and community partners. Preventive program procedures can include guidance around how to promote positive behavior. Some strategies that promote positive behavior include developing positive relationships with children and families, using descriptive feedback, and having clear and consistent schedules and routines. Procedures can also include specific strategies staff can use to address challenging behavior. 2. Create and clearly communicate concrete expulsion and suspension policies. Removal of a child should be used only in unique situations when all other preventive and collaborative methods have been tried. Removal of a child from a program should be used only as a last resort. If a child is in need of a different child care placement, programs should work with the family to find a more suitable placement. Families should be included in developing a smooth transition plan to minimize the amount of time the child is outside of care. Change of care should be a united decision reached by all parties involved including the child's family, teacher, program administrator, and other service providers. If all parties decide that an alternate placement is best for the child, the family should be encouraged to inform the child's pediatrician to get a developmental screening. If the child has a disability and is receiving services under idea part B or C, an inclusive placement should be considered. Children eligible for idea part B and C services may not be subject to exclusionary discipline due to behavior related to a disability too. Even if a child needs a different placement, he or she is entitled to free and appropriate public education FAPE. 3. 
involve families in positive behavioral support plans and refer families to appropriate services when needed. Services could include, but are not limited to, early intervention, mental health services, or other community agencies. It may become necessary to gain outside support when challenging behavior affects a child's ability to engage in the social and or academic setting. Programs must create methods to respectfully share and address behavior concerns with families. Zero to Three offers a resource on how to talk to parents regarding challenging topics. You can find it on Zero to Three's website by visiting https colon slash slash www.zero-to-three.org slash resources slash nine two dash how dash to dash communicate dash with dash parents. If support from an outside mental health or developmental consultant is needed, families should give written permission before third part is contacted and should be included in all planning. For family training and support for children with disabilities, visit Nevada PEP at http colon slash slash nvpep.org. For ensure staff receives professional development on social emotional learning, positive behavior supports, and early childhood mental health. Administrator support is needed for teachers to successfully promote social-emotional learning. Staff must receive ongoing professional development. Topics can include, but are not limited to, best practice related to social-emotional learning, positive behavior support, and early childhood mental health. There are several state and national resources available to support programs to create and implement the above policies. This is not an explicit endorsement of the below programs or resources, but is intended to facilitate information sharing. Adopted by the Nevada Early Childhood Advisory Council on October 13, 2016. For information on social-emotional learning, see the Center for the Social-Emotional Foundations for Early Learning, CSEFEL at http colon slash slash csefel.vanderbilt.edu, Technical Assistance Center on Social-Emotional Intervention, TACSEI at http colon slash slash challengingbehavior.fmhi.usf.edu, The Pyramid Model Consortium at http colon slash slash www.pyramidmodel.org slash pbis dash undash the dash pyramid and Nevada DACSCI at http colon slash slash nvtacsei.com for resources related to children with disabilities see idea at http colon slash slash idea.ed.gov for resources on early childhood mental health see usdhhs health resources and service administration maternal and child health at http colon slash slash mchb.hrsa.gov slash programs slash early childhood or nevada child mental health at http colon slash slash dcfs.nv.gov slash programs slash cmh slash community dash based dash outpatient dash services for information on behavioral health for infants and toddlers see zero to three at http colon slash slash www.zero-to-three.org for information on developmental milestones and behavioral screening see 
milestone moment at http colon slash slash www.cdc.gov slash ncbdb slash actarly slash pdf slash parents underscore pdfs slash milestone moment saying 508.pdf or birth to five watch me thrive at https colon slash slash www.acf.hhs.gov slash sites slash default slash files slash ecb slash early underscore intervention underscore guide underscore march 2014.pdf 5. Screen for social emotional risk factors using a valid screening tool, e.g., ASQSE, SEAM, etc. Programs are encouraged to provide families with information on the importance of social emotional screening. This information can include the importance of SE development, resources on how to address delays in social emotional development, and who to contact if the family is concerned. O for children under the age of three, contact Nevada Early Intervention Services, http colon slash slash dhhs.nv.gov slash programs slash idea slash early underscore intervention underscore programs slash O for children over the age of three contact the school district's child find office. A list of district child find contacts can be found on the early intervention website above. Conclusion addressing the use of suspension and expulsion in early childhood settings is vital to Nevada's goal of increasing access to high-quality early education. Preschool expulsion is common in private and non-profit early care for. Diverse research shows the negative impact of expulsion on children and families 5, 6, 8. The preschool years are critical for developing a positive foundation for learning, health and wellness, and the social-emotional skills one. These skills are necessary to be successful throughout the lifespan. One U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and U.S. Department of Education, 2015. Policy Statement on Expulsion and Suspension Policies in Early Childhood Settings. Retrieved from the ACF website at http colon slash slash www.acf.hhs.gov slash sites slash default slash files slash ecd slash expulsion underscore suspension underscore final dot pdf e the office for civil rights and doj 2014 dear colleague letter on the non-discriminatory administration of school discipline at 34 Retrieved from the Department of Ed at www.ed.gov slash OCR slash letters slash colleague dash 201401 dash title dash vi.pdf NIER 2015 State Preschool Yearbook Rutgers, U.S. Department of Education Office for Civil Rights 2014 Data Snapshot Early Childhood Education, Issue Brief Number 2. To Nevada Department of Administration, 2011. Suspension, Expulsion or Exclusion of Pupil with Disability, NAC 388.265. Retrieved from Nevada Department of Administration at http colon slash slash www.leg.state.nv.us slash NAC slash NAC 388.html Individuals with Disabilities Improvement Act Regulations, 2004, 34 CFR 300.530 through 300.536, Idea Disciplinary Protections, 
34CFR 300.101 and 300.17 FAPE 34CFR 104.4, 104.38CFR 35.130B17 3 Carolina's Healthcare System What is behavioral health? Retrieved from Carolina Healthcare System at http colon slash slash www.carolinashealthcare.org slash what dash is dash behavioral health for Gilliam W S and Shahar G 2006 preschool and child care expulsion and suspension rates and predictors in one state infants and young children 19 228245 Gilliam W S 2005. Policy Brief 3. Pre-kindergartners left behind. Retrieved from TACSEI at http colon slash slash challengingbehavior.fmha.usf.edu slash explore slash policy underscore docs slash prek underscore expulsion dot pdf 5 Jones D. E. Greenbert M. and Crowley M. 2015. Early Social-Emotional Functioning and Public Health The Relationship Between Kindergarten Social Competence and Future Wellness American Journal of Public Health E-View Ahead of Print doi 10.2105-8jph.2015.3026306 Moffat T.E. et al. 2011 a gradient of childhood self-control predicts health, wealth, and public safety. Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences of the United States of America. 1087-2693-2698. 7 Raver, C. C. Jones, S. M. Liegrening, C. Zai, F. Metzger, M. W. and Solomon, B. 2009. Targeting Children's Behavior Problems in Preschool Classrooms, a Cluster Randomized Controlled Trial, Journal of Consulting and Clinical Psychology, 77-2-302-316, 8 Coglin, U, and Peterman, F. 2011. The Effectiveness of the Behavioral Training for Preschool Children, European Early Childhood Education Research Journal, 19197111 adopted by the Nevada Early Childhood Advisory Council on October 13, 2016.
been like kind of way too long. Well, I need to click on one of these links. So, the links do work. And let's get the child fine. Let's look at this. Early intervention. Can I get anybody in the room? No, nobody has to be here. Okay. Let's just select it all. Oh no, we have to download it. Page one early intervention FAQs. What is early intervention? Early intervention is an array of services to help infants and toddlers birth to three with disabilities or delays in their development. Early intervention services supports families through education and family services to help their children reach their potential. Why is early intervention important? Because early intervention can have a definite long-lasting impact on how children develop, learn, and regulate their emotions. It plays an important role in healthy development. The human brain has a remarkable ability to change, but timing is crucial. A child develops faster during the critical years from birth to three than at any other time. Timely intervention can improve the prospects and the quality of life for many children. Early intervention is cost-effective and can maximize the potential for independence. Who provides early intervention services and where are services provided? The Nevada Early Intervention Services NICE system provides services to children birth to three with developmental delay or disabilities and their families. Most services for your child are required to be provided in the home or wherever your child is during the day, such as your child's daycare or neighborhood playgroup. These places are referred to as natural environments. Who is eligible for Nevada Early Intervention Services? NICE. Nevada Early Intervention Services, NICE, provides services to children birth to three with developmental delay or disabilities and their families. Services for your child are provided in the home or wherever your child is during the day, such as your child's daycare or neighborhood playgroup. These places are referred to as natural environments. A child under the age of 36 months of any Nevada resident who 1. Has a diagnosed condition such as Down syndrome, spina bifida, autism, blindness, deafness, or other diagnosed condition that has a high probability of resulting in a developmental delay or 2. Shows significant delays in development such as talking or walking. Who can refer a child? Anyone who has a concern about a child's development may make a referral. This includes parents, guardians, foster parents and family members, professionals such as pediatricians, other physicians, social workers, nurses, child care providers, or others who have contact with the child. If someone other than the child's parents makes the referral, the parents will be contacted for their permission before any action is taken. How do I refer a child? You may call Project Assist at the toll-free phone number 1-800-522-0066.
or you may email to projectassist at dhhs.nv.gov. All information is confidential. What is Project Assist? Project Assist is Nevada's central resource directory for anyone seeking information about organizations, programs or agencies that provide services and supports for children and young adults with disabilities and their families. There is no cost for this service. The toll-free phone number is 1-800-522-0066 or email to projectassist at dhhs.nv.gov. Information is available on parent support groups respite care screening, diagnosis and assessment early intervention programs for infants and toddlers education, health, and social service agencies vocational training therapies counseling and psychological services advocacy organizations life planning financial and legal assistance as well as many other services how do i know if my child is eligible for early intervention services contact your early intervention program your early intervention provider will meet with you to determine whether your child is eligible your child may be determined to be eligible in one of two ways. A child under the age of 36 months of any Nevada resident in which 1. An evaluation of your child's development shows there is a significant developmental delay. 2. Your child has a diagnosed condition that is expected to lead to a developmental delay. Who will contact the family? NICE program staff will contact the family to schedule an evaluation and, if the child is eligible, begin the process of planning for services and supports. What if my child is eligible for early intervention services? If your child is eligible, you and the other team members will develop, within 45 days from your child's referral to the program, a plan called an Individualized Family Service Plan IFSP. You will work with the team to develop outcomes for your child and family. The IFSP you and the team develop will explain how, where and when your family will work with the early intervention team. You will be given more information about the IFSP process at that time. Please read your parent handbook. What is an IFSP? The IFSP or Individualized Family Service Plan is a written plan determined by the parents and the IFSP team designed to help everyone understand what is going to happen, who is going to be involved, how, when and where supports will take place, and for how long. What if my child is not eligible for early intervention services? If your child is not eligible, the program will offer you a way to keep track of your child's progress. Any concerns you may have in the future can then be easily addressed. Other community resources may be identified for your child and family. How are services delivered? Service providers work with your family to support your child's development through the natural activities your family participates in every day. Part 100 of the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act idea requires that services for eligible infants and toddlers with disabilities must be provided in a natural environment, settings that are page 2. Page three natural or typical for a same-aged infant or toddler without a disability to the maximum extent appropriate what are natural environments 
natural environments are homes or other community settings in which children would naturally be affiliated with a disability. I-F-I-T-I-S-A-N-E-N-V-I-R-O-N-N-E-N-D-C-R-E-A-T-U-D-F-O-R-C-H-I-L-E-R-E-N-W-I-T-H-D-I-S-A-B-I-L-I-T-
a referral for assessment may be made to the school district child fine program. This may lead to individualized testing for children and young adults who may require specialized assistance and or support services. To begin this process, contact your local school district. What happens when my child, who is participating in early intervention services, turns three years old? Your child is no longer eligible for early intervention services after age three. At least six months before your child turns three, your service coordinator will assist you in planning the move to the next service provider or agency. In early intervention, this change is called Transition in the Individuals with Disabilities Education Improvement Act of 2004. IDEA requires a written plan for this transition. A transition plan meeting with the school district must take place at least 90 days before your child turns 3. Your transition plan will identify special education or community-based services your child may need. More information can be found in your Early Intervention Services Parent Handbook. Your service coordinator will ask you to sign a permission form so the next agency or service provider can be contacted to plan for transition. A meeting between you, your service coordinator, service provider, S, and the local school district will be set up. The school district determines if your child is eligible for preschool special education services. They will discuss the results of their test with you and give you information about your rights. If your child is eligible, their services will be provided through an individual education program IEP. Your service coordinator will assist you in planning a move to other possible services if your child is not eligible for special education preschool services. A few tips for the transition meeting. Gather as much information as possible about the proposed change. Ask about possible program options or choices. Ask what training and supports the new program offers families. Visit the new program before the change. Page 5. Ask for written materials and learn the procedures for entering and participating in the new program. Provide as much information about your child as possible to the new program. What are my rights? The Individuals with Disabilities Education Improvement Act of 2004 IDEA provides you with certain rights and protections. The Early Intervention Program will provide you with a written explanation of your rights. If at any time you are not sure of your rights, please ask your Early Intervention Service Coordinator. How can I be more involved? There are many ways that you and your family can get involved with early intervention services beyond the services and support activities specifically designed for you. You have an important role in planning and developing services for your child. You can provide valuable input from a parent's perspective. You can help support other parents. You can also assist in the development of policies and take part in planning how your community provides services. There are a variety of opportunities for parent involvement. Hmm. Ask your service coordinator for further information or contact Project Assist at 1-800-522-0066, email to projectassist at dhhs.nv.gov. 
What is Nevada's Early Intervention Interagency Coordinating Council ICC. The duties of the Interagency Coordinating Council ICC, are to advise and assist the state in the performance of their duties as identified by federal regulations. The governor appoints the members of the Interagency Coordinating Council. The composition of the council is to be at least 20% parents of children with disabilities, age 12 or younger. Additionally, 20% of the council is to be public or private service providers. At least one member is to be from the state legislature and the remaining members represent agencies involved in personnel preparation, early intervention services, Department of Education, Medicaid, Health Insurance, Mental Health, Foster Care, Head Start, Child Care, and others as identified by the Governor. The ICC also has other opportunities for participation on various committees, subcommittees, task forces, and work groups. If you would like more information you can call Project Assist at 1-800-522-0066 or email to projectassist at dhhs.nv.gov. Who can I contact with a question? You can call the Early Intervention Program in your area or the IDEA Part 100 office at Project Assist 1-800-522-0066 email to projectassist at dhhs.nv.gov. How can I get connected with other parents who have been through what I am going through now? You local early intervention service coordinator can connect you with other parent support groups or contact Project Assist at 1-800-522-0066 Email to projectassist at dhhs.nv.gov Early Childhood Special Education Library One of the resources available to families, professionals, educators, and staff working with young children with disabilities is the resource library located in the IDEA Part 100 office. This library contains hundreds of books, videos, and other materials regarding children, families, disabilities, and early childhood. This library is available for use statewide. Individuals can come in and browse the library or request materials via mail. The catalog is located on the library page. For more information, you can contact Project Assist at 1-800-522-0066 or email to projectassist at dhhs.nv.gov. Okay, that was a lot of information. I don't know what it really meant. Let's check on the library. Mm -hmm. Stop to share and reshare, 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 share the screen. Where is it? Mm -hmm. That's it. Hmm. Let's see that one. Is it something? This is eight pages. This amazes me. It's how they just want to give you an overview of special education. These really not resources. That's real. Well, we'll download it. 
Let's read some of it. It's only like eight pages. Young children can thrive in high quality early childhood programs and the benefits don't stop there. High quality early learning experiences set a foundation for success in school and in life. Effective educators are the key to creating experiences that optimize infants and toddlers development. Zero to three critical competencies for infant toddler educators DM Dean Lemoyne and Mayerl, 2016, detail the essential knowledge and skills they need to be effective. The critical competencies. Support educators who work in group settings, center-based in family and child care homes with infants, toddlers, or both. Focus on pedagogy, the method and practice of teaching. Detail essential and observable skill sets that effective early educators use to optimize babies and toddlers. 1. Social-emotional, 2. Cognitive, and 3. Language and literacy development. Feature considerations for supporting high-needs populations and multi-language learners' critical competencies focus the critical competencies focus on a subset of teacher-child interaction skills because this brief provides an overview of the zero to three critical competencies for infant and toddler educators DM in five sections. 1. Critical competencies focus. 2. Critical competencies foundation. 3. Relationship to other relevant criteria for organization and content excerpts. 5. Using critical competencies www.023.org slash critical competencies. Strong teacher-child interactions within these areas of learning and development are most closely associated with children's success in school and life particularly for children at risk, Campbell and Ramey, 1994, Kirby et al., 2009, Hammer and Pienta, 2007, Locosale Grouch et al., 2007, Mashburn et al., 2008. Early educators need to acquire culturally and linguistically competent knowledge and skills to intentionally support infants and toddlers raised in multilingual and multicultural environments. Infant and toddler educators need access to information on how to apply foundational knowledge in a group setting, what infant-toddler teaching and learning looks like in practice, and what specific skills educators need to optimize children's learning opportunities. Copyright, copyright sign 2015-0-3. All rights reserved www.023.org slash critical competencies one photo copyright sign kiwi street studios zero to three critical competencies for infant toddler educators dm in brief the critical competencies advance the call from the institute of medicine ioan and national research councils nrc committee report transforming the workforce for children birth through age eight a unifying foundation, 2015, to increase supports for the infant toddler workforce, to develop specialized competencies for this population, building on core competencies for the early care and education workforce, and to ensure that these competencies address the cross-cultural skills needed to work with diverse populations. 
Critical competencies foundation. The critical competencies build on the foundation provided by zero to three's cross-sector core competencies for the prenatal to age five field, zero to three, 2015, which were generously funded by First Five, Los Angeles and present a universal set of core competencies necessary for all prenatal five service providers. The cross-sector core competencies describe essential knowledge, skills, and attitudes that any professional working with young children needs in eight domains as illustrated in Figure 1. Figure 1. Critical competencies build on the foundation of the cross-sector core competencies, critical competencies, specialized competencies, sector, discipline, role, and age-specific skills, cross-sector core competencies, shared fundamentals, foundational core knowledge, skills, and attitudes to copyright, copyright sign, 2015-0-3. All rights reserved www.0to3.org slash critical competencies 0 to 3 critical competencies for infant toddler educators DM in brief relationship to other relevant criteria 0 to 3's critical competencies also embrace and integrate the principles set forth in the Irving Harris Foundation's diversity informed infant mental health tenets and be reproduced with permission of the Irving Harris Foundation these 10 tenets provide the diversity inclusion and fairness lens that can and should be applied to all practices and services aimed at supporting infants, toddlers, and their families. Some tenets details are explicitly called out throughout the critical competencies to highlight examples of how inclusive teaching methods and practices can apply a diversity, inclusion, and fairness lens. The critical competencies also build on professional criteria for the early childhood field, giving consolidated and easily understood guidance. In partnership with the organizations below, the critical competencies are crosswalked with. National Association for the Education of Young Children's NAEYC Standards for Early Childhood Professional Preparation NAYC 2009. Council for Professional Recognition Child Development Associate, CDA, Credential TN Competency Standards, ND. Michigan Association for Infant Mental Health's MIAIMH Competency Guidelines, Registered Sign, 2014. Division for Early Childhoods, DAC, Recommended Practices in Early Intervention, Early Childhood Special Education, 2014. Westit's Program for Infant Toddler Cares, PITC, Topics and Objectives, ND. Collaborative for Understanding of Pedagogy of Infant Toddler Developments, Cupid, Draft Competencies for the Infant Toddler Workforce, 2015. Center for the Study of Social Policies Strengthening Families DM Protective Factors and D. It is important to note that the critical competencies also include links to the child development outcomes described in the new Head Start Early Learning Outcomes Framework, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, 2015, and suggested alignment with infant and toddler teacher observation tools including Quality of Caregiver-Child Interaction for Infants and Toddlers, QCCIIT, Draft Indicators, Atkins Burnett et al. 2015. Classroom Assessment Scoring System, Class, Registered Sign, Tool for Infants, Hammer, La Paro, Pienta, and Locus Crouch, 2014. 
classroom assessment scoring system, class, registered sign, tool for toddlers, La Paro, Hammer, and Pienta, 2012. Infant Toddler Environmental Rating Scale Revised Edition, ITERSR, Harms, Cryer, and Clifford, 2006. Copyright, Copyright Sign, 2015-0-3. All rights reserved www.0to3.org slash critical competencies 3. 0 to 3 critical competencies for infant toddler educators DM in brief organization and content excerpts the critical competencies are organized in three learning and development areas and 13 sub areas as illustrated in figure 2. Figure 2 critical competencies areas and sub areas critical competencies sub areas supporting social emotional development one building warm positive and nurturing relationships two providing consistent and responsive caregiving three supporting emotional expression and regulation four promoting socialization five guiding behavior 6. Promoting children's sense of identity and belonging supporting cognitive development. 7. Facilitating exploration and concept development. 8. Building meaningful curriculum. 9. Promoting imitation, symbolic representation, and play. 10. Supporting reasoning and problem-solving supporting language and literacy development. 11. Promoting communication exchange. 12. Expanding expressive and receptive language and vocabulary. 13. Promoting early literacy. Each of the three learning and development areas include an overview of the developmental area for infants and toddlers and a summary of infant toddler educators' role in supporting development in the area. Sample excerpts area 2. Supporting cognitive development Supporting infant and toddler cognitive development requires educators to have a solid understanding of the infant-toddler developmental continuum, individual children's interests and temperament, and the way in which cognitive learning is scaffolded, coached, or supported by a more experienced peer or caregiver through responsive facilitation of play and exploration. When adults understand how the mind develops, what progress children make in their cognitive abilities, and how active inquiry and learning are children's natural inclination, they can foster cognitive growth by supporting children's active engagement with new experiences. IOM and NRC, 2015, p. 101. When this knowledge is coupled with responsive and nurture.oa facilitation by equals bullet court C RLTC colon colon I share in French and toddlers photo. Copyright sign Kiwi Street Studios 4 Copyright Copyright sign 2015-0-3 All rights reserved www.0to3.org slash critical competencies 0-3 to Critical Competencies for Infant Toddler Educators TM In brief specifics for infant toddler educators Infant toddler educators are central to young children's cognitive development because they provide the consistent and supportive relationships in which exploration and understanding of concepts are nurtured. Within consistent relationships infants and toddlers seek out experiences and interactions that spark their curiosity and wonder about the world.
Supportive educators build on the natural inquisitiveness of infants and toddlers to purposefully plan for and support extended engagement with an increased understanding of basic foundational concepts. Cognitive growth is stimulated by infant-toddler educators' ability to observe and follow children's natural inclinations to learn about their world and to build on such teachable moments. Each of these 13 sub-areas include specific and detailed pedagogy-focused skill statements that help educators understand what the competency looks like in their day-to-day -day interactions, content that directly supports those who work with high-needs populations, suggestions for working with dual multi-language learners, and examples in practice with young infants, mobile infants, and toddlers. Sample excerpts infant-toddler educators who facilitate children's exploration and concept development demonstrate the following observable skills. C1AC1BC1CC1D ensure that different types of culturally appropriate toys or other objects are present and accessible in the group care setting so that infants and toddlers can explore objects and their functionality position infants to promote independent exploration of objects, their own hands and feet, or a caregiver's face promote infants exploration using their senses hearing, touching and feeling different textures, seeing, smelling, or tasting extend infants exploration of objects by repositioning infants or objects, imitating actions, and modeling varied ways to use objects C1H facilitate children's exploration of concepts like means and and cause and effect by prompting through processes and offering specific verbal and nonverbal information or guidance when children need additional cues to understand concepts, for example, Helping toddlers investigate a mutis form and we knit reins or which things incur float by asking, wonder whether the feather, or rock, or container would else incur float, check mark. Exploring crossy and effect within fast be commenting W, in you move AR and face way, the toy oimuks a chica, kick a sound. Exploring object permanence with an older infant, would drop zaspoon by asking, where did THPRRV, middle dot, bullet, copyright, copyright sign, 2015-0 to 3. All rights reserved. www.0to3.org slash critical competencies 5. 0 to 3 critical competencies for infant toddler educators TM, in brief 6 copyright, copyright sign, 2015-0 to 3. All rights reserved www.0to3.org slash critical competencies considerations for supporting vulnerable populations facilitating exploration and concept development is important for ALLCHILLNBUTESPECILLNBUTESPECILLNBUTESPECILLNBUTESPECILLNBUTESPECILLNBUTESPECILLNBUTESPECILLNBUTESPECILLNBUTESPECILLNBUTESPECILLNBU
M-A-K-I-N-G-T-H-E-M-O-S-T-O-F-L-E-R-N-I-N-G-O-P-P-O-R-T-U-N-I-T-I-S-B-Y-S-I-T-I-N-G-C-L-O-S-E-B-Y-
OC colon C, our mobile infant's one-year-old Jimmy has been working on placing its intothiar corrector tau out soon the shape's order off and done for the last week. Manual has not as if it's omnium jets upset and frustrated when jugs in T-S-L-I-D-E-I-N dot when pens G, a has been dropping that toy and moving into another activity today Min has made his earth as check and bow in that floor while Jamie explores the toy dot when Jimmy starts to struggle and drops toy. Manuela says, that's Teresa Harchett off it, Jamie, but you are doing a great job turning it until it fits. Jamie picks the toy back up and trees again, looking back and forth between the toy and Manuela. Manuela says, that's it, Jamie, you are yet angry off close. Usha continues to toddlers Tommy, A, 30-month-old, I-S-S-I-T-T-I-N-G-O-N. Laura's lap reading a book about fruits and vegetable less dot when they turn to a page containing cherries. Tommy points to the carry and says, Apple, Laura's Mills and Louis Department of Education Policy Statement on Expulsion and Suspension Policies in Early Childhood Settings Purpose The purpose of this policy statement is to support families, early childhood programs, and states by providing recommendations from the U.S. Departments of Health and Human Services, HHS, and Education, ED, for preventing and severely limiting expulsion and suspension practices in early childhood settings. One recent data indicate that expulsions and suspensions occur at high rates in preschool settings. Two, three, four. This is particularly troubling given that research suggests that school expulsion and suspension practices are associated with negative educational and life outcomes. Five, six, seven. In addition, stark racial and gender disparities exist in these practices with young boys of color being suspended and expelled much more frequently than other children. Two, three, four. These disturbing trends warrant immediate attention from the early childhood and education fields to prevent, severely limit, and work toward eventually eliminating the expulsion and suspension, and ensure the safety and well-being of young children in early learning settings. Eight, this joint HHS and ED policy statement aims to raise awareness about expulsion, suspension, and other exclusionary discipline practices in early childhood settings, including issues of racial national origin, ethnic and sex disparities, and negative outcomes for children associated with expulsion and suspension in the early years. Provide recommendations to early childhood programs and states on establishing preventive, disciplinary, suspension, and expulsion policies and administering those policies free of bias and discrimination. Provide recommendations on setting goals and using data to monitor progress in preventing, severely limiting, and ultimately eliminating expulsion and suspension practices in early childhood settings. Highlight early childhood workforce competencies and evidence-based interventions and approaches that prevent expulsion, suspension, and other exclusionary discipline practices, including early childhood mental health consultation and positive behavior intervention and support strategies. Identify free resources to support states, programs, teachers, and providers in addressing children's social, emotional, and behavioral health, strengthening family program relationships. One early childhood programs or early childhood settings include any program that provides early care and education to young children birth through age five, including, but not limited to the private child care, Head Start, and public, private, and faith-based 
pre-k slash preschool programs to gilliam w s 2005 pre-kindergartners left behind expulsion rates in state pre-kindergarten systems new york ny foundation for child development 3u.s department of education office for civil rights 2014 data snapshot early childhood education for gilliam ws and shahar g 2006 preschool and child care expulsion and suspension rates and predictors in one state infants and young children 19 228 245 5 Lamond J H Devor C D Allison M and Kona R Barnett S E Gunter R and Young T 2013 Out of school suspension and expulsion Pediatrics 1313 E1000 E1007 Six Petrus H. Mason K. E. Buckley J. A. Iolongo N. S. and Callum S. 2011. Who is most at risk for school removal? A multi level discrete time survival analysis of individual and context level influences. Journal of Educational Psychology, 103, 2237 American Psychological Association, Zero Tolerance Task Force Report, 2008. An evidentiary review and recommendations. Eight, it should be noted that a long-standing and continuing practice in Head Start is to not expel or suspend any child. Increasing developmental and behavioral screening and follow-up and eliminating racial non-national origin ethnic, sex, or disability biases and discrimination in early learning settings. Bullet identify free resources to support families in fostering young children's development, social emotional and behavioral health, and relationships. This policy statement is part of a series of federal actions that aim to prevent, severely reduce, and ultimately eliminate expulsion and suspension in early childhood settings and more broadly, to improve school climates and discipline across the educational spectrum. This statement follows the January 2014 release of the Department of Education's Guiding Principles, a resource guide for improving school climate and discipline, which provides recommendations for reducing expulsion, suspension, and disciplinary removals in K-12 settings. The guiding principles articulated in that practice guide are as follows. Create positive climates and focus on prevention. Develop clear, appropriate, and consistent expectations and consequences to address disruptive student behaviors and ensure fairness, equity, and continuous improvement. Although early childhood settings differ in context from K-12 settings, the guiding principles are applicable to both, such that focusing on prevention, developing and communicating clear behavioral expectations, and ensuring fairness, equity, and continuous improvement can and should be applied across settings where children learn. In addition to this policy statement, HHS and ED are working together to raise awareness of the issue, encourage state and local policy development, invest in professional development for the early childhood workforce, disseminate resources to support families, programs, and states, 
and enforce federal civil rights law that prohibit discriminatory discipline practices. Nine, we want to work toward a goal of ensuring that all children's social, emotional, and behavioral health are fostered in an appropriate, high quality early learning program. Working toward eventually eliminating expulsion and suspension practices across early learning settings. Overview the beginning years of any child's life are critical for building the early foundation of learning, health, and wellness needed for success in school and later in life. During these years, children's brains are developing rapidly, influenced by the experiences, both positive and negative, that they share with their families, caregivers, teachers, peers. And in their communities. One zero, a child's early years set the trajectory for the relationships and successes they will experience for the rest of their lives, making it crucial that children's earliest experiences truly foster and never harm their development. As such, expulsion and suspension practices in early childhood settings. Two stressful and negative experiences young children and their families may encounter in early childhood programs. Should be prevented, severely limited, and eventually eliminated. High-quality early childhood programs provide the positive experiences that nurture positive learning and development. Nine Ed's Office for Civil Rights and HHS Office for Civil Rights enforce several federal civil rights laws that prohibit discrimination in early childhood programs receiving federal financial assistance from their respective departments, including Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Title VI, 42 U.S.C. Paragraph Paragraph 2008-2000D7, prohibiting discrimination based on race, color, or national origin by recipients of federal financial assistance. Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972, Title IX, 20 U.S.C. Paragraph Paragraph 1681. 1688, prohibiting discrimination based on sex by recipients of federal financial assistance, and Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, Section 504, 29 U.S.C. Paragraph 794, prohibiting discrimination based on disability by recipients of federal financial assistance. Ed. HHS and the Department of Justice share authority to enforce Title II of the Americans with Disabilities Act, 42 U.S.C. Paragraph Paragraph 12,131, 12,134, which prohibits discrimination based on disability by state and local governments, regardless of whether they received federal financial assistance. In addition. The Department of Justice enforces Title III of the American with Disabilities Act, 42 U.S.C. Paragraph Paragraph 12,181, 12,189, which prohibits disability discrimination in most private early childhood programs. 10 National Research Council and Institute of Medicine, 2000, From Neurons to Neighborhoods: The Science of Early Childhood Development. Committee on Integrating the Science of Early Childhood Development, Jack P. Shankoff and Deborah A. Phillips, EBS, Board on Children, Youth, and Families, Commission on Behavioral and Social Sciences and Education, Washington, D.C., National Academy Press, and two. Suspension and expulsion can influence a number of adverse outcomes across development, health, and education. Young students who are expelled or suspended are as much as ten times more likely to drop out of high school, 
experience academic failure and grade retention, hold negative school attitudes, and face incarceration than those who are not that five, six, seven. While much of this research has focused on expulsion and suspension in elementary, middle, and high school settings, there is evidence that expulsion or suspension early in a child's education is associated with expulsion or suspension in later school grades. One one. Not only do these practices have the potential to hinder social, emotional, and behavioral development, they also remove children from early learning environments and the corresponding cognitively enriching experiences that contribute to healthy development and academic success later in life. Expulsion and suspension practices may also delay or interfere with the process of identifying and addressing underlying issues, which may include disabilities or mental health issues. Some of these children may have undiagnosed disabilities or behavioral health issues and may be eligible for additional services, but in simply being expelled, they may not receive the evaluations or referrals they need to obtain services. For example, the source of challenging behavior may be communication and language difficulties, skills that can be improved through early assessment and intervention services. In these cases, Appropriate evaluation and follow-up services are critical, but less likely if the child is expelled from this system. Finally, expulsions may contribute to increased family stress and burden. In many cases, families of children who are expelled do not receive assistance in identifying an alternative placement, leaving the burden of finding another program entirely to the family. There may be challenges accessing another program particularly an affordable high-quality program. Even in cases where assistance is offered, often there is a lapse in service which leaves families, especially working families, in difficult situations. One two. Furthermore, if administered in a discriminatory manner, suspensions and expulsions of children may violate federal civil rights laws. ED and the Department of Justice recently issued guidance explaining the obligation of recipients of federal financial assistance to administer student discipline without regard to race, color, or national origin. One three. In addition, early childhood programs must comply with applicable legal requirements governing the discipline of a child for misconduct caused by, or related to, a child's disability, including as applicable, implementing reasonable modifications to policies, practices, or procedures to ensure that children with disabilities are not suspended or expelled because of their disability-related behaviors unless a program can demonstrate that making such modifications would result in a fundamental alteration in the nature of a service, program, or activity.14 if the child's behavior impedes the child's learning or that of others. The IEP Team 15 must consider behavioral intervention strategies, including the use of positive behavioral interventions and supports when developing the initial IEP or modifying an existing IEP so as to reduce the need for discipline of a child with disabilities and avoid suspension or expulsion from a preschool program. In addition, 
preschool children with disabilities aged 3 through 5 who are eligible for services under the IDEA are entitled to the same disciplinary protections that apply to all other IDEA-eligible children with disabilities and may not be subjected to impermissible disciplinary changes of placement for misconduct that is caused by or related to their disability and must continue to receive educational services consistent with their right to a free appropriate public education FAPE under the IDEA.16 data released over the past decade have shown high rates of expulsion and suspension in early childhood programs with variability in rate depending on the setting.2 3 4 for example a nationally representative 11 Rafael Mendez L 2003 predictors of suspension and negative school outcomes a longitudinal investigation new directions for youth development 99 1733 12 van age ren la kirk r brophy herb h e carlson j s table man b and bender s 2011 an interdisciplinary evaluation report of michigan's child care expulsion prevention ccup initiative michigan state university 13 e the office for civil rights on the oj dear colleague letter on the non-discriminatory administration of school discipline at 34 2014 www.ed.gov slash OCR slash letters slash colleague dash 201401 dash title dash via PDF 1434 CFR paragraph paragraph 104.4 CFR paragraph 35.130 B17 1534 CFR paragraph 300.321 CFR paragraph paragraph 300.530 through 300.536 ideas disciplinary protections and 34 CFR paragraph paragraph 300.101 and 300.17 FAPE 3 Study published in 2005 found that over 10% of preschool teachers in state-funded pre-kindergarten programs reported expelling at least one preschooler in the two past year, a rate more than three times higher than estimates for teachers of K-12 public school students. A 2006 study examined expulsion in child care programs not participating in a state pre-kindergarten system in one state. In these settings, 39% of preschool teachers reported expelling a child in the past year. Four experts have suggested that rates are high because early education is voluntary, many programs do not have established policies, and often these programs have less infrastructure and workforce support than do public schools or more structured early education programs, like Head Start. This suggests that established policies and investments in supports for programs may help reduce these rates. Data also indicate that specific groups of children are being disproportionately expelled and suspended from their early learning settings, a trend that has remained virtually unchanged over the past decade. Two, three, four recent data out of ED indicate that African American boys make up 18% of preschool enrollment, but 48% of preschoolers suspended more than once. Hispanic and African-American boys combined represent 46% of all boys in preschool, but 66% of their same age peers who are suspended. Analyses of boys, compared to girls, 
indicated that they make up 79% of preschoolers suspended once and 82% of preschoolers suspended multiple times. Three, although why these gender and racial disparities exist in early childhood settings has not yet been empirically investigated, research demonstrating similar disparities in school-age children has found that potential contributors may include uneven or biased implementation of disciplinary policies, discriminatory discipline practices, school racial climates, and under-resourced, inadequate education and training for teachers, especially in self-reflective strategies to identify and correct potential biases in perceptions and practice. 5, 7, 17, 18 to that end, ensuring that the early childhood workforce is adequately trained, supported, and prepared to help all children excel is a key strategy in limiting and eventually eliminating early expulsion and suspension. Unfortunately, many teachers and providers do not have sufficient training and support to meet this goal. The 2012 National Survey of Early Care and Education indicates that only about 20% of teachers and providers serving children under 5 reported receiving specific training on facilitating children's social and emotional growth in the past year. Other studies have found that early learning teachers report that coping with challenging behavior is their most pressing training need. 2021 aside from not having adequate support in fostering social emotional development and appropriately responding to challenging behavior without enough training in child development it may be difficult to distinguish behaviors that are inappropriate from those that are developmentally age appropriate Early childhood experts posit that developmentally inappropriate behavioral expectations may lead to inappropriate labeling of child behavior as challenging or problematic. Furthermore, teachers must also be trained to recognize behaviors that may be a manifestation of a child's disability. This training is essential to ensure that children with disabilities receive reasonable modifications for their disabilities and are not impermissibly suspended or expelled for behaviors caused by disabilities. 9. 14. Early suspension, expulsion, and other exclusionary discipline practices contribute to setting many young children's educational trajectories in a negative direction from the beginning. This has long-term consequences for children, their families, and the schools that they will later attend. More broadly, there are 17 Gregory A. Skiba R. J. and Nogara P. A. 2010 the achievement gap and the discipline got two sides of the same coin. Educational researcher, 391-5968, 18 Skiba, R. J. Horner, R. H. Chung, C. G. Rosh, M. May, S. L. and Tobin, T. 2011. Race is not neutral. A National Investigation of African American and Latino Disproportionality in School Discipline. School Psychology Review, 41, 85. 19 National Survey of Early Care and Education. HTTP colon slash slash www.acf.hhs.gov slash programs slash opre slash research slash project slash national dash survey dash of dash early dash care dash and dash education and SEC 2010-2014-20 Oshikawa H. and Sigler E. 2000. Mental Health in Head Start. New Directions for the 
21st century. Early education and development 11, 247, 264. 21 Fox L. and Smith B. 2007. Issue a brief promoting social, emotional, and behavioral outcomes of young children served under idea. Challenging behavior. Redrive November 24th. 2014 from www.challengingbehavior.org slash do slash resources slash documents slash brief underscore promoting dot pdf 22 key c h and kaiser a p 2003 behavior problems of preschool children from low-income families review of the literature topics in early childhood special education 23 4 188 216 4 our societal consequences of setting children on a negative path including exacerbating inequality resolving this issue will require an all-hands-on-deck approach and a shared responsibility between families programs and government at all levels the most important steps programs schools and states can take in preventing severely limiting, and ultimately eliminating expulsion and suspension practices in early childhood settings are combining developmentally appropriate and non-discriminatory discipline procedures and policies with targeted workforce professional development focused on promoting the social, emotional, and behavioral health of all children and enhancing teacher and provider self-reflective capacity to prevent and eliminate biases in practice. Recommendations for early childhood programs develop and clearly communicate preventive guidance and discipline practices. In accordance with the first and second guiding principles, programs should establish developmentally appropriate social, emotional, and behavioral health promotion practices and discipline and intervention procedures. These practices and procedures should be clearly communicated to all staff, families, and community partners and implemented consistently and without bias or discrimination. Preventive and discipline practices should be used as learning opportunities to guide children's appropriate behavioral development. Children's desired behavior should be reinforced and consequences for challenging behavior should be developmentally appropriate and consistent. Programs should pay distinct attention to the developmental appropriateness of both behavioral expectations and consequences for challenging behavior. Given the substantial developmental and experiential differences among children birth through age 5 and the range of what is age appropriate across this age range, programs should also pay distinct attention to the language they use in shaping children's behavior and communicating with families. Language commonly used in the criminal justice system, such as the use of probation plans or three strikes and you are out frameworks, should not be applied to discipline frameworks in early childhood programs, e.g. three bites and you are out. These terms connote criminal behavior and inappropriately label children. Program discipline procedures should provide specific guidance on what teachers and programs will do when presented with challenging behaviors, including specific teacher and staff responses, communication with families and caregivers, and consulting with mental health specialists, school counselors, and the child's medical home.23. In addition, if the child is suspected of having a developmental delay, disability, or mental health issue, it may be appropriate to refer the child's parents to the mental health system, 
the state's early intervention program, or their local school for information regarding evaluation for services under the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act IDEA Part B or C programs. These systems can conduct an evaluation so that if the child is eligible, he or she may receive the appropriate services and supports as soon as possible. Children eligible for services under Part B or C are also likely entitled to protections under Title II and Title III of the ADA, such that programs must make reasonable modifications to their policies, practices, or procedures to ensure that children with disabilities are not suspended or expelled because of their disability-related behaviors. 9, 14, 22, 24 develop and clearly communicate expulsion and suspension policies. Currently, many early childhood programs do not have suspension or expulsion policies. However, some programs, like Head Start, have a long-standing and continuing practice to prohibit the expulsion or suspension of any child. 23. The modern medical home is a home base for any child's medical and non-medical care. It is a cultivated partnership between the patient, family, and primary provider in cooperation with specialists and support from the community. A medical home is a home base for any child's medical and non-medical care. HTTP colon slash slash www.hrsa.gov slash dialpit slash toolbox slash children's toolbox slash building medical home slash why important HTML 24 the idea part 100 program makes early intervention services available to children with disabilities generally ages birth to age three and at the state's option beyond age three until kindergarten and the idea part b program requires states and their public agencies to make available a free appropriate public education to children with disabilities beginning at age three and lasting through 21 depending on state law or practice the idea part b and part 100 programs have different eligibility criteria and service requirements idea part b is codified at 20 usc 1401 1411 1419 and implementing regulations are at 34 cfr part 300 and idea part 100 is codified at 20 usc 1431 through 1443 and implementing regulations are at 34 cfr part 303 5. Early childhood programs are strongly encouraged to establish policies that eliminate or severely limit expulsion, suspension, or other exclusionary discipline. These exclusionary measures should be used only as the last resort in extraordinary circumstances where there is a determination of a serious safety threat 25 that cannot otherwise be reduced or eliminated by the provision of reasonable modifications, consistent with the second guiding principle. Even in such extraordinary cases, the program should assist the child and family in accessing services and an alternative placement through, for example, community-based childcare resource and referral agencies. In addition, consistent with the third guiding principle, early childhood programs must ensure that discipline policies comply with federal civil rights laws.9, 14, 22 should a situation arise where there is documented evidence that all possible interventions and supports recommended by a qualified professional, such as an early childhood mental health consultant, have been exhausted, and it is unanimously determined by the family, teacher, program, 
and other service providers that another setting is more appropriate for the well-being of the child in question. All parties, including the receiving program, should work together to develop a seamless transition plan and use the plan to implement a smooth transition. If the child has a disability, including children receiving services under Part B of the IDEA, additional procedural safeguards and non-discrimination requirements apply.26 when making decisions about transitioning the child and- Okay, that's a whole lot. But I just really want you guys to all know that the federal laws are the regulatory guidance. And that's just the bottom line. What I don't understand is this, how this happened here in Nevada as it's a crisis, as they have 15,000 youth in the harbor and they don't do the assessments. I mean, where's the assessment data? But all the assessments that should be involved in critiquing the services that children need, I mean, you know, they should really have some real data if they're using 15,000 children in the harbor. And I'm sorry, it's just not a good thing. It really isn't. But until we're willing to stand up and get these folks off of our back, don't think change is gonna come. The word is e-purpose, many there's one and out of one, there's none. This document is on the federal website. You just go to ed.gov and then you type in these words, expulsion, suspension, policies in early childhood settings. And they're encouraging people not to suspend or expel but i mean you know we have a program that is on the radio talking about they took a five-year-old in the harbor and i just was wondering what the hell was that going on and i do have a concern and i would hope that you have the same concern so the word is e-provision many many there's one but i don't want there'll be none who will you be in 2021 please like subscribe follow me i'm on anchor hell i'm on facebook and youtube but I've been doing this for a long time. It's time for you to time for me to share, move over and share some of the knowledge. And that's what I want you to do. Log on and educate yourself. ED.gov and it's simply special education. Purpose Nevada aims to prevent children from being expelled, suspended, or excluded in all early childhood settings. The goal of this policy statement is to provide guidance to early childhood programs and families. This document is Nevada's stance on supporting children's social and emotional development and behavioral health. Hmm. The purpose of this policy statement is to provide guidelines for programs to create policies that prevent suspension and expulsion, set the expectation that policies are carried out free of bias, and raise awareness of the importance of social-emotional learning and behavioral health for all children regardless of ability or disability. This statement follows recommendations from the U.S. Department of Education ED, and U.S. Department of Health and Human Services DHHS. Programs receiving federal financial assistance must practice equitable student discipline and support healthy social-emotional and behavioral outcomes for young children of all backgrounds. One public and charter programs are also required by the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act idea to follow regulations governing child discipline when child misconduct is related to a disability too. Nevada policy echoes IDEA's emphasis on preschool inclusion and equitable access education and services. Key terms that are used throughout this policy statement social-emotional skills, set of skills underlying the ability to understand emotions in self and others, express emotions in culturally appropriate ways, form and sustain healthy relationships, and successfully engage in social environments, behavioral health, 
emotional and mental well-being that involves how we cope with short and long-term stress. This term also refers to mental illnesses such as depression, personality disorders, and addictive patterns. 3. Early Childhood Program Any educational or group setting where care is provided before kindergarten entry. Exclusionary discipline involves any removal of a child from social interaction or classroom activities for a mandated amount of time in response to challenging behavior. For example, time out, reduction of program hours without the family understanding why and agreeing that a reduction is in the best interest of the child or general removal from the classroom. Suspension includes any disciplinary action that results in the temporary removal of a child from a program. Expulsion is the permanent removal of a child from a program without the benefit of alternate services. 1. Inclusive programs are those that include children with special needs into the regular education classroom setting. Overview Expelling a child is the most severe punishment a school can enforce. Pre-kindergartners are three times more likely to be expelled from school than children in K-12 schools. 1. There are large gender and racial adopted by the Nevada Early Childhood Advisory Council on October 13, 2016. Differences in expulsion rates nationwide 1. Expulsions occur at the lowest rates in state-funded preschools and in Head Start 4. Preschool expulsions occur at the highest rate in private and non-profit preschool 4. No state is required to keep track of disciplinary action taken in private and non-profit programs. 1. 4. Of Nevada's preschool-aged children, about 8% attend state-funded and Head Start programs. 4. Another 7% are served through special education services. 4. Thus, most young children who are in preschool are in private and non-profit care. Expelling or suspending children from school can influence their social and academic development through adulthood. When young children are excluded from school, it can take longer to identify developmental delays or mental health concerns. This lack can cause delays in access to needed support services. 5. Preschool expulsion also impacts the family system. Families feel rejected when asked to leave a school. This rejection affects parents' ability to form relationships with schools in the future. Lack of care for young children places stress on parental employment, finance, and esteem for children who are asked to leave a preschool may keep using challenging behavior through high school 5, 6. Young children who are identified as hard to manage are more likely to 5, 6 experience discipline at school, have negative interactions with family and peers, have lower academic achievement or drop out of school, experiment earlier with drug and alcohol, and engage in delinquency. Children with challenging behavior also receive fewer positive interactions from teachers and are less engaged in school than their peers. Early behavior concerns can create a domino effect that becomes difficult to reverse. 5. 7. There are strategies that can prevent challenging behavior and build social-emotional skills. High-quality early learning occurs when teachers learn and use these strategies. Teachers lay the foundation for long-term social and academic success by building social-emotional competence in young children. Programs are most successful in promoting social-emotional skills when families are included. A positive relationship between the school, teachers, 
and family members leads to the greatest outcomes for children. Interventions and policies that support these practices are needed. Children who have strong social-emotional skills have higher academic achievement and positive outlooks on learning five. They are also less likely to repeat a grade and need special education services five, six. As adults, these children are healthier and have less substance abuse, higher earnings, and fewer criminal behaviors six. When programs focus on prevention they see fewer challenging behaviors and have less need for suspension and expulsion. These programs also report higher teacher satisfaction and less teacher turnover. Brain development in early childhood occurs at a very fast pace stressing the need for high quality early experiences. Both positive and negative early childhood experiences have long-lasting effects. Caregivers who are nurturing and responsive stimulate children's healthy brain development reducing the likelihood of long-term behavior concerns 5, 8. Programs and caregivers who miss the opportunity to build social-emotional skills in children put them at risk for challenging behaviors. Preschool expulsion and suspension practices do not support children's social-emotional health. Guidelines for early childhood programs building a positive school climate and using practices that promote social-emotional learning should replace exclusionary discipline practices. All polices are to be evenly administered without bias. Adopted by the Nevada Early Childhood Advisory Council on October 13, 2016. All regular and inclusive early childhood programs are encouraged to 1. Develop and clearly communicate classroom and program-wide strategies that support the development of social-emotional skills and prevent challenging behavior. Program-wide policies apply evenly to all classrooms within a program. Program-wide behavior expectations should be consistent across classrooms and teachers. Expectations should be intentionally taught to all children. Children come to programs with large differences in experience and ability. As such, programs must make sure that behavior expectations and discipline practices are developmentally appropriate to the age and abilities of all children. Policies and procedures should be clearly communicated to all families, staff, and community partners. Preventive program procedures can include guidance around how to promote positive behavior. Some strategies that promote positive behavior include developing positive relationships with children and families, using descriptive feedback, and having clear and consistent schedules and routines. Procedures can also include specific strategies staff can use to address challenging behavior. Two, create and clearly communicate concrete expulsion and suspension policies. Removal of a child should be used only in unique situations when all other preventive and collaborative methods have been tried. Removal of a child from a program should be used only as a last resort. If a child is in need of a different child care placement, programs should work with the family to find a more suitable placement. Families should be included in developing a smooth transition plan to minimize the amount of time the child is outside of care. Change of care should be a united decision reached by all parties involved including the child's family, teacher, program administrator, and other service providers. If all parties decide that an alternate placement is best for the child, the family should be encouraged to inform the child's pediatrician to get a developmental screening.
If the child has a disability and is receiving services under idea part B or C, an inclusive placement should be considered. Children eligible for idea part B and C services may not be subject to exclusionary discipline due to behavior related to a disability too. Even if a child needs a different placement, he she is entitled to free and appropriate public education FAPE. 3. Involve families in positive behavioral support plans and refer families to appropriate services when needed. Services could include, but are not limited to, early intervention, mental health services, or other community agencies. It may become necessary to gain outside support when challenging behavior affects a child's ability to engage in the social and or academic setting. Programs must create methods to respectfully share and address behavior concerns with families. Zero to Three offers a resource on how to talk to parents regarding challenging topics. You can find it on Zero to Three's website by visiting https colon slash slash www.zero-to-three.org slash resources slash nine two dash how dash to dash communicate dash with dash parents. If support from an outside mental health or developmental consultant is needed, families should give written permission before third part is contacted and should be included in all planning. For family training and support for children with disabilities visit Nevada PEP at http colon slash slash nvpep.org. 4. Ensure staff receives professional development on social-emotional learning, positive behavior supports, and early childhood mental health. Administrator support is needed for teachers to successfully promote social-emotional learning. Staff must receive ongoing professional development. Topics can include, but are not limited to, best practice related to social-emotional learning, positive behavior support, and early childhood mental health. There are several state and national resources available to support programs to create and implement the above policies. This is not an explicit endorsement of the below programs or resources, but is intended to facilitate information sharing. Adopted by the Nevada Early Childhood Advisory Council on October 13, 2016. For information on social-emotional learning, see the Center for the Social-Emotional Foundations for Early Learning, CSEFEL at http colon slash slash Technical Assistance Center on Social-Emotional Intervention, TACSEI at http colon slash slash challengingbehavior.fmha.usf.edu the Pyramid Model Consortium at http colon slash slash www.pyramidmodel.org slash pbis dash undash the dash pyramid and Nevada DACSEI at http colon slash slash nvtacsei.com for resources related to children with disabilities. See idea at http colon slash slash idea.ed.gov for resources on early childhood mental health, see USDHHS Health Resources and Service Administration, Maternal and Child Health at http colon slash slash mchb.hrsa.gov slash programs slash early childhood or Nevada Child Mental Health at http colon slash slash dcfs.nv.gov slash programs slash cmh slash community dash base dash outpatient dash services. For information on behavioral health for infants and toddlers, see 
zero to three at http colon slash slash www.zero to three dot org for information on developmental milestones and behavioral screening see milestone moments at http colon slash slash www.cdc.gov slash ncbdd slash actarly slash pdf slash parents underscore pdfs slash milestone moments and 508.pdf or birth to five watch me thrive at https colon slash slash www.acf.hhs.gov slash sites slash default slash files slash ecb slash early underscore intervention underscore guide underscore march 2014.pdf 5. Screen for social emotional risk factors using a valid screening tool, e.g., ASQSE, SEAM, etc. Programs are encouraged to provide families with information on the importance of social emotional screening. This information can include the importance of SE development, resources on how to address delays in social emotional development and who to contact if the family is concerned. O for children under the age of three, contact Nevada Early Intervention Services, http colon slash slash dhhs.nv.gov slash programs slash idea slash early underscore intervention underscore programs slash O for children over the age of three, contact the school district's child find office. A list of district child find contacts can be found on the early intervention website above. Conclusion addressing the use of suspension and expulsion in early childhood settings is vital to Nevada's goal of increasing access to high-quality early education. Preschool expulsion is common in private and non-profit early care for. Diverse research shows the negative impact of expulsion on children and families 5, 6, 8. The preschool years are critical for developing a positive foundation for learning, health and wellness and the social-emotional skills one. These skills are necessary to be successful throughout the lifespan. One U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and U.S. Department of Education, 2015. Policy Statement on Expulsion and Suspension Policies in Early Childhood Settings. Retrieved from the ACF website at http colon slash slash www.acf.hhs.gov slash sites slash default slash files slash ecd slash expulsion underscore suspension underscore final dot pdf ed office for civil rights and doj 2014 dear colleague letter on the non-discriminatory administration of school discipline at 34 Retrieved from the Department of Ed at www.ed.gov slash OCR slash letters slash colleague dash two zero one four zero one dash title dash PDF NIER 2015 State Preschool Yearbook Rutgers US Department of Education Office for Civil Rights 2014 Data Snapshot Early Childhood Education, Issue Brief Number 2, to Nevada Department of Administration, 2011. Suspension, Expulsion or Exclusion of Pupil with Disability, NAC 388.265. Retrieved from Nevada Department of Administration at http colon slash slash www.leg.state.nv.us slash NAC slash NAC 388.html Individuals with Disabilities Improvement Act Regulations, 2004.
34 CFR 300.530 through 300.536, IDEA Disciplinary Protections, 34 CFR 300.101 and 300.17, FAPE, 34 CFR 104.4, 104.38, 28 CFR 35.130, B17, 3 Carolina's Healthcare System. What is behavioral health? Retrieved from Carolina Healthcare System at http colon slash slash www.carolinashealthcare.org slash what dash is dash behavioral health. For Gilliam, W. S. and Shahar, G. 2006. Preschool and child care expulsion and suspension, rates and predictors in one state. Infants and young children, 19. 228245 Gilliam WS Wow, that's just a lot of different states policies. There's no services here in the state of Nevada, and I don't know what they're doing. And I would like to know what they're doing, but this policy was adopted in 2016. I didn't see anything else. So, you know, it's going to be up to you to ask those questions. Like, subscribe and follow me on Anchor. Have a great day.